Hello, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. I am one half of your host, Caitlin. And I'm the host with the most, Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Howdy doody. How's What's it going? Up? Oh, it's, you know, it's fine. Yeah. I've been, I've been doing all kinds of stuff. Like? Going for walks, I don't know. Good for you. Yeah. It's Cyber Monday. Did you, did you get any deals? Um, yeah, but I can't talk about them because some of them are Christmas presents for people who listen, so... Andrew, can I tell you something? I'm really uh, bad at surprises. Yeah? I got you a gift. I figured that when you asked me <laughs> my shirt size. Sorry. I don't know if you like it, but I thought it looked cool and John thought it looked cool, so... I, I will say I haven't gotten you anything for this year, so... But you got me a cool one last year, so... Yeah. And then, then Alyssa got me the exact same yeah. one. That was so funny. That yeah. was funny. I mean, that was just like a serendipitous thing of just like, I saw a thing. I was like, oh, perfect. You know what? I did not go, I did not go looking for anything. It just happened. The exact same thing must have happened with Alyssa. Just like, oh, Caitlin needs that. And it was a good quality grade A. Sorry, I had a hiccup there. (laughs) Grade A sweatshirt. Yeah, I've got a sweatshirt from there. It's the one that says ghost on it. And it's just a A little little drawing of a ghost. A little ghost. Yeah, Yeah, that one's cute. Yeah, it's comfortable too. This is comfy that I have on, but I didn't get a Black Friday. Yeah. Just leaving that there. I, I got a video game. What's we'll talk game? about it later. Oh. You know which one it is. Oh, Don't worry about it. Oh, the one you've been playing? Yes. Oh. But we'll talk about that after you tell us about... What? Today's um, episode. Oh, t- okay. Which is about... Today, Andrew, it's episode 79, which is really close to 80. Did you know that? Uh, it's the closest you can get without going over, so... It almost wins in Price is Right. <laughs> I was going to say that. Um, so this is episode 79. And today we are talking about Ms. Maud Crawford. So for this episode, Andrew, if you can believe it, I'm the one who's going to be venturing into the past. Exciting. I'm. You're normally the one that goes to the past, but you go way farther back than I do. So we're only going back to the 1950s. So um, and... Uh, we're going to talk about Mon Crawford. And when I started this, researching this, I was going off the little blurb that I put on our, um, our. we have a running list of like show ideas. And I was going off the blurb I put on there and I was like, you know, not something I would normally do, but I'm going to go for it. Yep. It was nothing like I put on the blurb at all. So it, it was a surprise for everybody. Now I want to see what the blurb is. Okay. <clears throat> um... So while you're doing that, I'm going to tell you the story. I, I love that. I love that. Okay. Let's go. Okay. So a little background here on Maud Crawford. Maud Crawford was born Maud Robinson on June 22nd. That's Andrew's birthday. Please don't remember that and steal my identity. 1891 in Greenville, that Texas. That part's fine to remember. <laughs> 1891 in Greenville, Texas. And she was the oldest of four children to Jack and Ida Robinson. When she was nine years old, her mother unfortunately died and Maud moved to Warren, Arkansas to live with her grandmother who ran a boarding school there. And big shout out to Warren, Arkansas, uh, my best friend Trey's favorite town. I'm sensing sarcasm. Yeah, they're big rivals with uh, his hometown of Monticello. Uh, so it's clo- it's in South Arkansas? Yeah. Okay. And Warren is where the Walmart is. That's a reference for him. Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, there you go, Trey. There's that for you. Uh, so Maud was described as bright and inquisitive. She graduated valedictorian of her high school, and then she went on to attend the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville from 1911 to 1912. So just for a year. I say, did she graduate? Was she like? I don't think she so. Have a bunch of college credits? No, I think she just went for a year. Uh, you know how women can't graduate college. 
Shall present do, company do, excluded. Do, do present uh, company <laughs> excluded, Caitlin. Okay. Mo- moving on. Uh, uh, uh-huh. Let's move on from my uh-huh. bad joke that uh-huh. I didn't even like. Uh-huh. 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 But it's funny because of how untrue it is. I like how this episode is about a very smart, intelligent woman. I approve of Maud. Anyway, I've okay. yet to met, meet one, so it's, this is exciting. You are just, <laughs> I'm, I am returning what I got you. <laughs> you are not getting it. So in 1916, Maud began her career as a stenographer, which just really sparked her love of law. Now in 1925, she married Clyde Falwell Crawford. Um, and just a note, um, that, and I, cause I was curious about this reading about her story. Um, the two would not have any children. They, she never had any children. And by 1927, the very intelligent Maud wanted to practice law. Um, back then, they had something called like being read for the law, uh, which which um, basically means that you never studied it, but you're very well versed in it, which she was being a stenographer and being very intelligent. So with that, she having this knowledge, she was allowed to sit for the bar exam with the University of Arkansas School of Law graduates. And not surprisingly, she finished number one on that. She she finished that test number one and was admitted to the Arkansas Bar, becoming the first female attorney of Camden, Arkansas, where she lived then. I would like to say that that is surprising because I don't know how many people were there and they all maybe studied law. Yeah, they all, yeah. You said not surprisingly. That's very surprising. That she... That she finished first, yeah. She's, no, she, this lady is super freaking smart. But they had to be surprised. First of all, they were probably sexist. Second of yes. all, okay. Second of well, all, I'm she, not she had she hadn't studied law though. I'm like, not surprised. She was just, they can be surprised. I'm not surprised. Like these other people probably went to school specifically yes. for that. Yes, that's like I don't know if you and I played Halo and you whipped my ass at it. Yeah, I would be very surprised I, because you've I, never played Halo. I too would be surprised. <laughs> exactly. But she knew she had it in her, and like. Being a stenographer, like she like was in and around the law stuff. She was that. I mean that, and she had done it for eleven years before she even sat for the bar. So she was more entrenched in it than these new graduates were. So she was around it far more, and I think she was around it in a more applicable setting. Like, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like it's different. Like I, I equate it maybe to being in nursing school. It's nursing school is nothing like the real world. You get out there, and just like regular school. Yeah, basically, yeah. Kind of, yeah, in some cases. You're going to learn about the mitochondria, but not how to do taxes. So there's that. Listen, okay, first of all, if they taught how to teach taxes in school, ain't nobody paying attention. Let me just tell you that right now. I would a little bit. No, you would not have. If you're talking about like high school, where you learn about the mitochondria, you would not have paid any attention. I was an honor grad. I listened. I made good grades. You would not pay attention. And taxes are extremely boring and frustrating I took a class in college that was basically about like how to do your taxes and it was very frustrating and boring. Well, listen, I'm just talking so about just saying. I'm just talking about the easy form. I'm not talking about we're not going into assets and all that crap. We're talking easy It was form. not really that stuff either. It was it was pretty easy stuff. It was basically like No, no, you know like the easy form I'm talking about? Like what? You're doing the free TurboTax? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The easy yeah, form. Yeah, but I mean Easy file. Anyway. I didn't even know how to do that. Just basic. We're going basic. So we're not. We're going super basic. I don't even know the mitochondria. I don't even know. What, it's powerhouse of the cell. That's all I know. Okay. Um. So, blah blah blah. She was in Camden. She became the first female attorney in Camden, Arkansas, and she became a female attorney. And it was 
just 10 years after women were first allowed to start practicing law in Arkansas. So she is like a trendsetter. Like she is a road with a pave paver trendsetter whatever i'm trying to say she streets ahead yes so she practiced at the same law firm that u.s senator john mcclellan had been a partner in um where she did a lot with um abstract examination and title work which gotta be honest that sounds so boring but she was very good at it excelled at it and was like an expert at it in the area. People came to her for stuff. She was really, really well known around the town. She was known for walking with her Dalmatian named Dal. (laughs) Or driving. (coughs) Sorry. (coughs) Okay. Or driving her dark blue two-door 1956 Mercury sedan, which sounds like a real swaggy, swaggy car, swaggy, swanky. That's what I'm looking for. Swanky car. She and Clyde also lived in a quite a stately, beautiful home that was built in the early 1900s. And it was, I saw a picture of it. It's very recognizable. It's super beautiful. It's like a nice early 1900s home with like the big pillars out front. It's really pretty. Um, She was incredibly active in the Camden community and the civic affairs, like any club that she could be president of and that she could be a part of, she was. She was elected. She was highly favored. She was the first woman in Camden elected to city council, which she served in, uh, for like eight years or something like that. She also helped to found Arkansas Girl State. She was one of the founders of Arkansas Girl State, which uh, that's so cool. I had no idea. What is that? Girl State. It's um, it's like a six week program that they do at Hendricks College in Conway. And uh, girls can go there. It's basically like a camp, but they learn about like... Um, it's for smart people that smart girls go there. So you never went. Well, I was going to go, but I went to band camp instead. <laughs> a likely story. I was invited to go, but I went to band camp instead. But, um, and they learn about like, um, different things, politics, and you can do music. You can take electives. Um, you just kind of learn. There's a boy state as well that they do. Um, well, I had never heard of it, so I must not be very smart either. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But, I had no idea she was a founder of it, which just makes sense. I mean, it totally makes sense. She won so many awards. Like, there was a whole list of awards that she won for being awesome. And she was just overall a great person and a great role model to look up to. So, I'm a big fan of Maude, big time. So, on March 2nd, 1957, Maude at this time was about 65 years old. Um, at around 8.30 p.m., Maude's cousin called her on the phone, and they talked for a bit, which was pretty standard for them, pretty usual. Clyde, now, this I read this in one article, so take it with a grain of salt, but it was said that he was known as kind of a strange man, um, and he was downtown. He would go to downtown every night and see a movie at the Malco Theater, where it was said that he would go and kind of like watch teenagers make out, which, again... That was only in one article, so take it with a grain of salt. I don't know if that's true or not. People back then needed cable. <laughs> they did have they did have cable in no, their house. No, cable TV, they did not. Nineteen fifties. They had a TV in their house. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be cable TV. Wouldn't be like what they're putting on these days. I'll tell what you would, that much. What would it be? I don't know. Nineteen fifties, like was Bonanza still out? I don't know. Was it even made then? Gunsmoke. Was that made then? Have gun will travel. I'm just thinking of westerns. I don't know. Uh, I love Lucy. Lawrence Welk show. I don't know. The Lawrence Welk show. The only reason I know that show is because of uh, a sketch that um, Fred Armistead 
did on um, Saturday Night Live. What was the guy? Ed. Who? Sullivan. Ed Sullivan. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was on. Anyway. It doesn't the, matter. It doesn't the matter. point is they would not, they wouldn't have had teenagers making out on TV yeah. then. Yeah. They they probably wouldn't have even held hands much. I don't know. Yeah. Barely looked at each other. Um, but like I said, this he did this every night. Went to go see a movie. Um, so that was pretty standard. After Clive finished the movie, he headed down to Carter's Liquor Store to have a few beers, as he did every evening. So I guess you could drink beer in the liquor store. I don't know. But every evening he did it. And he returned home at 1130 p.m. as he did pretty much every evening. So pretty standard night for everybody. It could be one of those things where it's like, also a bar maybe yeah yeah i suppose yeah. i don't know how what did, what were 1957 liquor stores like yeah who knows not me not you it's definitely not me okay. i wasn't there i wasn't i don't even were my my parents weren't even there nope neither were yours nobody was there it didn't happen claude clyde was there clyde was there uh but when clyde returned home he came to a home to a house uh all the lights were on the TV was on, the doors were unlocked, and a pan of half-shelled beans were on the table, and Dal was just sitting there waiting, just hanging out, but Maude was nowhere to be found. She was nowhere in this house that looked like somebody was definitely awakened in there. Nobody was there. Her car was still in the carport with the keys in the ignition, as Maude always left it that way. That's it was a different time, different time. And her purse and wallet were still there in the house with $142 cash still in the wallet, which is about $1,400 in today's money, which is a sizable amount of money. So uh, robbery wasn't uh, a motive. Yeah, that's definitely the kind of money that even if you're a good person, you look at it and it's like, well, I could use it, but I won't. I but won't I, do it. But I could use it. So um, nothing at all was amiss. There was no signs of struggles. It was like a... like. Maude was just not there. Everything else was in place. Maude just wasn't there. So around 1 a.m., Clyde left their home and began driving around the city, looking into cafes and into friends' homes to see if their lights were on and if there was any sign of Maude. Um, he even flagged down two policemen to ask if there had been like some kind of vehicle accident that might explain her disappearance, but everything was fine. There was nothing amiss. So around 2 a.m., Clyde decided it was time to drive to the police station, and he reported Maude missing. Oh, he didn't wait the 24 hours from movies? No, I don't think that's a thing. Weird. Can you believe it? I, I, I sure can, because I know that movies, not real. Are fake. Yeah. That's right. Just like wrestling. Yes, yes it is. But movies are more fake, to be I, fair. I do have a wrestling question to ask you, but not right now. We'll talk okay. about it later. Um, so the next day, an extensive search went underway for Maude. A community was looking, police were looking, but there was like no, there were no leads to go on. There was nothing. And during the search, no clues at all were discovered. Nothing. So two weeks after her disappearance, the police chief said Maude's case was just, they said, quote, stalemated. It was just, there's nothing. Gone cold. It, yeah. That quickly. There was nothing to go off of. I mean, what... I mean, after two weeks, if nothing's turned up and you don't have any leads, I don't know what else what, you call yeah, it. What are you going to do? Yeah. You call it, I don't know. Cult? Sale? You don't, you definitely, yeah, you basically say like, it's still like, we got nothing. We got nothing. You can't help it if you're looking and you got nothing. So there was speculation of mob involvement due to Senator McClellan. Remember, he was, worked, he was a partner at the law firm she worked at. Due to Senator McClellan being involved with like, 
it was some kind of like legislation or something or research or investigation into mob involvement with um with some kind of um labor some kind of labor something i don't know that's something mobs would do yeah so and he was like looking into it and getting really involved with it so with like her association with senator mcclellan um there was like some speculation that there was mob involvement with 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 mod's disappearance that way um and that's what i thought this case was about it's not just gonna go ahead and spoiler alert it's not i thought this was mob stuff um because you saw my little blurb on there uh yes it says pioneering woman who was a stenographer then sat for the bar exam and passed she was linked to mob investigation somehow went missing under strange circumstances no clues were ever found yeah so yeah so yeah um not not mob stuff but we're going to talk about it all so, um, and because of her association with McClellan, because he was, you know, a, a U.S. senator, and there was like mob involvement, maybe Maud's case went totally international, and it captured the attention of like everyone. It, it was across the globe; people knew about Maud's case, which was crazy. Um, and there was also speculation uh, Maud's involvement with another family affairs um, gone awry is what caused her. Her missing and i see it says we'll talk more we'll on that talk one more but very exciting <laughs> clyde was also um kind of looked uh at as a suspect as you always do well i didn't find anything necessarily that said that he was like really looked at but of course you always look at the spouse but because he was kind of odd um he, they're kind of like maybe raise an eyebrow but there was nothing at all that indicated that he would have harmed her or even really had the motive or the time to because he was out all night um so he says i'm pretty sure there were witnesses th- were there though i mean would you notice probably. a creepy man watching you make out with your boy your girlfriend probably not it'd be in the dark unless he was in like a this. theater unless he was going like yeah do it do it no no do a little more a little, little more, more tongue, tongue tongue yeah tongue. unless that's happening you probably don't really notice Ugh. that's the whole point of it if he even did it. it if he even did that yes I don't know. exactly um so something that i found odd though even though he was not really listed as a suspect or he was very briefly considered i think um but i thought this was odd very shortly after her disappearance clyde sold maude's car to a friend named don harrell and he was a student at hendrix college in conway like this was very shortly after her disappearance like a couple weeks after her disappearance so i was like why would you do that anyway interestingly enough one day in april of 1957 so like a month later while don was driving around his newly acquired car he found a receipt that had been left in there and it was one of Maud's. And it was dated for March 2nd, and the receipt had a phone number written on the back. And so Don brought it to the Camden Police Chief in hopes that it could shed some light onto Maud's case. But as far as I can tell, nothing ever came of it. Nothing at all. Whose phone number was that? Why was it on there? Maybe it was like, I don't know. Answer I guess we don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows, as far as I know. So um, it kind of went like that. Her case just nothing that was about it that receipt was pretty much it so in 1969 the probate court of washita county legally established crawford's death stating in part quote it is the finding of the court that maud r crawford is deceased and has been dead since march 2nd 1957 as a result of foul play perpetrated by person or persons unknown so 
She was declared dead. That's interesting. Do they still do that? Because I feel like... Mm-hmm. They still declare people dead. Even when they're just missing? Because it seems like all the time they're like, we're, ha- we're still hopeful. No, it's... Um, I think it has to be like a minimum of five years before they'll do it. Because remember, I remember we were... One of our cases we were doing, I don't remember which one it was, but they waited five years in one day and had the person declared dead. <laughs> so it was like they were ticking off the days so they could declare the person dead. To, to get life insurance and stuff like that. Okay. So, um, and clearly if she wasn't declared dead before then, it doesn't seem like Clyde r- really, you know, was too, too gung ho to do it. You know, um, he waited all that time. At least for that part of it. I yeah. Don't know. So, okay. Let's talk about the theories of her disappearance and it gets kind of convoluted. So let's talk about it. So, there is first the theory that Maude fell victim to foul play by the Maude Mafia, um, and it emerged because of her involvement with McClellan and the anti-mafia, like the labor mafia, I don't know, stuff. And so it was said that she was targeted as a hostage for ransom so that they would quit doing what they were doing and leave the mafia alone, but no ransom or communication from any mafia or mob members came forward, so that seemed like it was not true. Yeah, if you're you're not doing a good job of ransom if you're not if you're not giving a ransom note or that's pretty important. call or something. Yeah, like that's it's one of the most important parts of it. Of a ransom is a is a ransom. It's like the deci- it's like part. trying to do a murder but not killing somebody. Exactly. So nothing I saw again ever really officially pointed to Clyde as a suspect. But if the speculation was true of his odd behavior and wanting to watch kids make out, I don't know. So maybe, but probably unlikely. There were some talks around the town of Ma being involved with some family affairs with another family in an estate worth $20 million, in excess of $20 million. But none of that really came to light in 1957. Nobody really knew about it. Uh, Very few people knew about it. Let me say that. Uh, Until 1986, 29 years after Ma's disappearance, when a Miss Beth Brickle, she was a Camden native and a California transplant, came back to Arkansas to write a screenplay on Maude's disappearance. And she had actually met Maude when she was in junior high school. Um, she was just a pillar of the community. She um, kind of talked to the girls and, you know, go get them type things. And we're the way of the future. You can you can do anything you set your mind to. Pretty much. And Beth Brickle really did. She went to Hollywood. She's an actress, award-winning actress, screenplay writer, all the uh, author, all sorts of other stuff. So she really, she went big. Um, so she came back to Arkansas to write about Beth. I'm sorry, to write about Maude. And she was only going to stay for about three weeks and then head back. But she ended up staying for almost a year and a half. She literally put her life on hold because she started to dig into Maude's case and was like, oh, no, this is this goes all the way to the freaking top. So she literally dedicated like almost a year and a half of her life to hanging out in Arkansas and doing this. So she wrote an 18 article investigative series that was published in the Arkansas Gazette. And it's now been compiled into a book. So I didn't have access to it because I don't have the book. Um, But um, we are going to talk about what Beth uncovered and made known because some of it had already been uncovered, but it wasn't been made known. So let's talk about it. And this is where it gets convoluted. Lots of names, lots of moving parts, lots of dates, and it's a little confusing. So we're going to make the best of it that we can. So there was a lady named Rose Berg, and Rose Berg was a friend and neighbor of Maude. Uh, Rose married a man named Henry Berg, Henry Lionberg. Um, the, the couple would, 
I mean, they were elderly when Maud knew them and they never had any children of their own either. Uh, but Henry would go on to own like a ton of land and a ton of timber and oil and like stocks. And I mean, he was a money man. He, he knew money, he knew business and he owned a lot of stuff that got him a lot of money. And his estate was valued at in excess of $20 million. So in 1950, Henry passed away. Uh, Rose, who was 70 at the time, she was kind of starting to suffer from dementia at that point, um, being confused. Um, now, Maud was Rose's legal advisor and had helped draft up Henry's will uh, before he died. And in this will, it left three quarters of everything to Rose and one quarter to his nephew, Henry Meyer, he, who he went by Mike Berg. We're going to call him Mike from now on, Mike Berg. Uh, and Mike Berg was an Arkansas State Police Commissioner. That's fun. So the question came about with Rose's estate, um, who would inherit her share of like the 15 million and some other extra assets that she had should she pass? So after Henry died, Rose died, who's going to inherit her, her stuff? Also, she's starting to suffer from dementia now. There's a lot of like question marks. Well, multiple people, including Maud, said that Rose did have a will saying what the decision should be. And that decision was that three of Maud's nieces who lived out of state would inherit the entirety of the estate. But one person was conspicuously missing from that uh, will, and that was Mike Berg. And Mr. Mike Berg was not happy with that. The problem, um, there were um, unsigned copies of the will with the nieces, but there was only a signed copy of the will with Maud and one in Rose's safety deposit box. The, nie the nieces and their mother all said they had seen the signed copy, but all they had were unsigned copies of this will that said that the nieces got everything. Um, so, yeah. So, again, not being mentioned in Rose's will meant that Mike would have a whole lot to lose, like an entire inheritance worth to lose. Um, he would lose a bunch of interest in the various companies and endeavors that Henry Berg had going on, like the land and oil, timber and things like that. And he would have to kind of like share with the other nieces who he was not related to by blood. They were on the other side of the family. Those were like his cousins in law, I guess. So funny thing, when Maude went missing, so did the signed copy that the nieces said she had of the will, that will, that signed copy of the will went missing and the will in the safety deposit box also went missing. Um, so also allegedly like moved, missing, forged um, were bonds and checks from Rose's safety deposit box. Like there were bonds and checks that were like missing, forged, they've been moved around. Like it was all really suspicious and weird. Uh, so in 1954, so four years after her husband died, she was, Rose was in full incompetence at this point. She was fully demented at this point. Three deeds were drawn up that left everything to Mike. So the signed wills were made a year later. Does that make sense? So we're kind of going back and forth in time here, talking back and forth in time. So the alleged signed wills that Maud drafted up were written in 1955. In 1954, a year before, um, in full incompetence, uh, Mike drafted up three deeds that left everything to himself. Um, and Rose's very shaky, illegible signature was on that line. So even though she was not 
she wasn't declared unfit until the next year, even though she was fully demented um, in 1954. So that's what remained were those deeds, even though there was signed deeds, signed wills and stuff that Maud had drafted. Those went missing. So the only thing that remained that was signed were the deeds that Mike drafted up. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Like I said, it, it's all very confusing. There's like pages and pages of this stuff. So I'm, I'm trying to make the best sense of it that I can. So come to find out, an employee of Mike's had come to Maude. I don't think he knew that Maude was as involved as she was. And he wanted her to draft up some deeds that listed Mike as the beneficiary. I think this was probably in 54. Uh, and then Maude realized the deception that was going on as she had uncovered the bonds and forgeries and stuff that had been going on and like you know because there's no way that rose could have done any of the stuff she was doing because she was she had no idea what was going on so mike was doing all of this uh, so yeah mod realized that the 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 level of deception that mike had and so she was fighting. She was trying to do everything she could. And remember, she's an expert in this kind of stuff. This is what she was known for. It was titles and all stuff like all the kind of stuff like that. So she was fighting to try to get the nieces their share as Rose wanted them to have. So and Mike was fighting for himself. So you see you see the you see the 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 coming to I the see, head. I see the I see the puzzle. Yes. I found the missing you piece there? of the jigsaw. Okay. Okay. At least some of the pieces. So yeah. So then Mike knew that Maud knew and Maud more or less confronted Mike about what she knew and what she found out. And as she was leaving his office, he could be heard like cursing her and saying she was she was as good as dead, basically, more or less. So uh, not good. So then Rose died just a couple years later. Mike inherited everything. Of course, because he made sure that those signed wills disappeared. So now at the time of Maud's disappearance, Arkansas State Police Detective Otis Henley was assigned to Maud's case. And he had actually uncovered some of this stuff, like all this convoluted stuff. He had uncovered it and he like compiled like a portfolio or whatever. And he brought them to the head of the criminal investigation division. And he was told that to leave what he had just to leave it there and that he was being removed from the case because there was too much money involved. Um, and that was it. When he went back to check later on, on what he had delivered and like to see about, you know, if everything was still there, the stuff he had written about Mike was not in there anymore. And again, don't forget Mike Berg was a part, was an Arkansas state police commissioner. So goes all the way to the top. Uh, Mike Berg died in 1975 without ever admitting to anything. So, where is Maude? Unfortunately, Maude's remains have never been found. Um, and it's probably, it's pretty unlikely that they ever will be. Not impossible, but highly unlikely that they ever will be found at this point. And even if they did, they probably don't have, they wouldn't have DNA or anything. Well, oh, they might have with. dental records, but yeah. maybe. In 1957, I don't know. Um, there is speculation to where she may be, though. It's possible that Maude is somewhere in Berg Lake. Um, someone claimed an employee who worked for Mike filled concrete in a well on the lake the night that Maude disappeared. Uh, and nobody wanted to, like, investigate or poke around with Mike too much because, again, he was well-connected with the state police. So, that's that. Uh, but in Maude's legacy, uh, Maude's beautiful stately home is still there. Um, the homeowner, at least the owner, I, I mean, this was an article from 2019. I'm assuming the homeowner is still the same, but I don't know. 
the owner knows and appreciates the history behind the house and knows about Maud and there are pictures of Maud hanging up around the house and there's articles about Maud hanging up around the house um, because they wanted to commemorate her and what an incredible woman she was. And despite her legacy, there are no plaques or honor fixed in Camden anywhere for Maud, like not even a tombstone. And so I, I think Beth Breckel went back and you know, talked to the mayor about that. And he had said that when he first took office, people were like, don't mess with this case. It, it's bad blood in the area. People are still connected and don't want it be, to be brought up. So he kind of let it lie. But um, I think knowing her legacy, he was like, I didn't want to do anything like the first year because people told me not to ruffle feathers, but I fully intend on, you know, uh, putting a plaque or something. In June of tw- June of this year, uh, the mayor of Camden said he was planning on rectifying uh, that and um, putting up a plaque. So, <clears throat> sorry. And of course, Maud left a lasting impression on Beth, Bre- Beth Brickle, who wrote that giant piece and 18 an 18-piece investigative series and was featured on the front page of the Democrat Gazette. I mean, it was like big. Um, she had been threatened with legal action from Mike Berg's widow, uh, but she was like, not backing down from this, bro. And she didn't, and the newspaper fully had her back, but no legal actions were ever brought against her. So she exposed this. Good job. Good job, Beth Brickle. Um, and Beth's expose did pave way for Maud's case to be reopened. Uh, with this, a new investigator obtained a subpoena to question a Mike's old bodyguard named Jack Doris, um, who the investigator believed to be linked to Maud's demise. When the investigator arrived to Jack's house, he found Jack surrounded by angry family who were very defensive of him, saying he didn't have a right to be there, even though he did. And Jack was unable to talk. Um, I think they may have been gathered by his bedside because he was dying because just seven hours later, Jack died, taking whatever secrets he knew to the grave. That's when you want to get him is... is uh, On the deathbed, man. Yeah, get them deathbed confessions. I guess he didn't. He couldn't, he couldn't under... He was he, out of his mind at that yeah. point. He was very sick, I it's think. It's probably honestly the case a lot of times. Yeah. As far as like when you're like right there. Yeah. So nobody, unfortunately, has ever been charged or even named as an official suspect in Maud's case. So, and that's the story. Way to go, Caitlin. I, that took a totally different turn than I expected. Yeah. I thought it was mob. It was not. That's going to be the Maggia? It was, that was barely a blip in anything. Um, That was just like a side note, like, I don't know, maybe mafia, whatever. Exactly. Um, I got my information from our girl, Janie Jones, uh, from AY Magazine. She wrote a, a piece. She did a little interview with Beth Brickle. Um, and, of course, talking about Beth Brickle's um, investigative pieces that she did. Um, Fox 16 News. Um, Luminousfilms.net, I think, is where you can find a link for um, some articles that Beth wrote. And also a link, I think, to the little book she compiled with all the articles in it. And then the Encyclopedia of Arkansas was really great. It was it was a great uh, resource as well. Well done, everybody, except for whoever did the murder. Yeah, you're a bad person because Maud was one hell of a woman. Like, seriously, icon. So, Caitlin, uh, well, first of all, I forgot to mention uh, last episode, I said that there was something I was working on, and then I stopped because ID, or I wasn't, I didn't say why, but I, oh, okay. I basically said, I I was working on something and then like the information didn't jive together so I just abandoned it. Basically it's just me saying I just want to point out that investigation discovery 
a lot of their shows, Total Garbage, yeah. Hack Jobs. And this one, I'm not going to say what it was, but... Banjo Fans. No. Uh, I, I don't even remember what the name of the show was called. But I thought it was going to work as a good one mm-hmm. because it had interviews with the actual people. Oh. But then they were like... I didn't watch it all the way through, but some of the timeline stuff was not adding up in a way that made sense with anything else that was written about it. Like, they were saying... Oh, in 1999, these people moved from Michigan to Arkansas and leaving behind this one person. But then in the written material, it was like, well, that one person who was supposedly left behind in Michigan on your show graduated from high school in Arkansas in 1997, which is two years before. (laughs) So there's like weird stuff like that. And I think they were editing around these interviews. Yeah, trying not to expose anything. Well, because there was like... um, there was a person on there who was like sisters with this other person who was the subject of the story. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about how like being being in Michigan while this horrible stepmother ran off and moved to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And they were framing it as both of them stayed in Michigan. But if I, I, when I was paying attention to the interviews, she never said anything about her sister also being there. So I'm wondering if they like edited it around and there were shenanigans afoot. I don't know, but I, I was just know. like, I, I was like, I just threw, I, I so metaphorically threw my laptop in the air. Never mind. And I said, to hell with this. I can't do anything with this material. It's garbage. There's, there's something wrong here. So that's why I didn't do a different thing. Okay. That's cool. You had a wrestling question. I was watching or I saw something. Was there a wrestler at one point that fell from a ceiling and died? Yes. Owen Hart. That's what it was. Okay. I can't remember what I was coming uh, across. It was something on Facebook or Instagram or something like that. Yeah. Um, at Over the Edge 1999. What happened? Um, essentially, he was supposed to uh, come down from the ceiling. Like he had like a harness mm-hmm, hookup mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be rigged up to where it would, um, he would, he would come out of it above the ground, but like close to the ground. And it did not do that. It came off while he was way up and he fell in. To his death? And fell to his death. Oh, that's so sad. He broke his neck and died. <gasps> there? Right then and there? Yeah. In Holy the middle of the ring. Cow. With everybody there? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, uh, it was some. There's oh, I know a, what it was. It was his wife yes. saying she didn't like. She was so upset by the way it was handled and that they kept having a match after his death. And I was like, what happened? Yeah. The, they're like, the show must go on. So yeah, like, yeah. And, and which is crazy. There's a dark side of the ring episode all about this. Gotcha. Uh, so Maybe you should that's check it. From. You should check it out. It's on Hulu. Mm. Um, it's from the second season, I think. Uh, but yeah, basically it does not paint a good picture of WWE at the time. Yeah. In many ways. Uh, they did, they did have match right after. And I don't know if they, I assume they didn't tell the wrestlers going out exactly like how bad it was. They they said, like, I remember they, she said they didn't even clean up his blood. No, his blood was still on the canvas. That's messed up. Yeah. That's Which, super like, messed up. They normally don't if there's, even if there's like, if people bleed as they do in wrestling, they cut their forehead. Yeah, but a guy But it died. is different. Yeah. Uh, like one of the, I think the next match was, involved Jeff Jarrett, who was like one of his best friends. And so like, he's oh, going out to the no. ring, like past uh owen hart on a stretcher he doesn't know he's dead I mean, how bad he's dead, ba- he's he's dead, dead then but he doesn't know he maybe doesn't know i don't remember but wow. 
But that's they, messed up. They completed the whole show. It's the only pay-per-view that's not on the WWE Network, as you might imagine. Yeah. Because the only reason, like, there's no reason you would want to watch it. Unless you're, unless you're, you know, a weirdo and you're, like, a sicko. And watch, you're like, I want to see this part where this guy dies. Well, they're going to obviously edit that out. So they did, edit out tamer stuff all the time. Did he know that his... It was supposed to... Yeah, he knew that it was supposed to cut out but yeah you should watch the dark side of the ring because so like, he didn't it, know until he made it to the ground that something was wrong because it well was he supposed probably to let he, go. it was supposed to like go down and then like get caught because it was supposed to be a comedy segment he was playing this character called the blue blazer who was okay. like this fake superhero thing mm-hmm. it was like a comedy thing but yeah it was supposed to like go down most of the way and get stuck and then it would like let him off and he'd fall a little bit yeah He'd fall the amount a wrestler knows how to fall. Was this like from like the top of like a like a stadium type? Like an thing? arena, yeah. Like 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 Simmons or all whatever it's called anymore. Yeah. Probably a bigger arena, actually. It was oh, in Kansas City. Oh my gosh. That's like hundreds of feet. Yeah. I don't know the name of the arena. It was a different arena than they have there now in Kansas City, but yeah. That's really sad. I was wondering if there was, I was figuring there would probably be an episode, a Dark Side of the Ring episode. There sure it. is. Um,. Yeah, they show like what the carabiner looked like that they used, and mm-hmm. I think it was like not a good one. It was like very small and it broke. Um, that yeah. I'm sure he was a large man because he was a wrestler. Very, yeah, very he, especially stout. especially in the '90s. Like if you were if you were like my height, mm-hmm. ain't no way you're getting a WWE contract. No, you nobody know how. Boy. Nowadays, there's guys like Adam Cole, Brian Danielson. They're like five seven, five eight. They're like the best wrestlers out there, oh. but. Like, if you compare, like, say, I know this doesn't mean anything to you, but it might mean something to somebody. Um, Billy Gunn, he's, like, a wrestler who, um, yeah, he was part of a group called the Smoking Guns at one point <laughs> with his fake brother, Bart Gunn. <laughs> but um, he he's a guy, like, if you look back at wrestling in the 90s, he wasn't that big a deal. He's, like, a medium deal. Mm-hmm. But you're, like, he's not that big. You see him now with, like, modern wrestlers, you're, like, holy crap, that dude's freaking gigantic because the average size of wrestlers has gone down yeah so yeah i'm sure he was a big dude like i need uh five extra carabiners please yeah he was probably like six something to 80 i don't know or 260 i don't know i don't know weights big boy he's a big dude yeah wow that's really really sad yeah again there's a dark side of the ring on it the dark side of the ring is a really fascinating and good show you have told some pretty good stories from it even though i don't like wrestling they're not like real wrestling stories per se not necessarily they just involve wrestlers yeah some of them might be like somewhat about like why like i haven't watched it they did one on a company called fmw which is full martial arts wrestling or something Mm -hmm, like that mm -hmm. and they were like pioneers of the deathmatch style like the barbed wire stuff um so i'm sure they talk about wrestling in that but yeah if you want to see like maniacs and like the weirdos that came through wrestling back in the day because it's way tamer now um like you should watch the one on new jack because he's a lunatic or was he died recently Mm. as like a heart attack or something which is like who thought yeah new jack seems like a guy who should have died in a bar fight or something like (laughs) i bet there's one about chris benoit there is there is that That one's really we actually talked about it on the show in like the first one or two episodes so it was like forever ago who remembers yeah yeah um that was my question okay interesting and we went down a good good place there you've taught you've gotten your wrestling out 
That's right. So anyway, let me tell you about dynamite and what happened. <laughs> no, better not. Nah, I don't have anything super interesting about wrestling to talk about at the moment, I guess. But uh, um, so I guess I guess we can just talk about whatever. This is the part of the show where we talk about whatever. By the way, you may uh, tune out if you'd like, but if you want, hang out with us. See yeah, what we've been up to. If you're if you're just here for the story, and then you're like, I'm done. That's fine. I get it. Bye. Uh, if you just want to hear us yammer on about TV shows or whatever we're doing, hey, we're here. I know sometimes I just like to hear people yap. Yeah. It's just a thing. The just listen to them flapping their gums. Be a part of our conversation. And you know, if you want to add something, you can message us on pretty much any social media. Yeah. You can tell Caitlin how her opinions on anime are wrong. Whatever. Her opinion is that anime has no story. <laughs> In case you, this is the first time you've heard. Oh, I did watch an anime. I will a proper an actual anime. anime. I I believe so. Okay, what's it called? Um, it was a Studio Ghibli film. Oh, that that's anime. Um, and it was House Moving Castle. Oh yeah, how did you like it? I haven't seen that one. Uh, it was okay. The animation sure is pretty in that one. Yeah, Studio Ghibli does really great animation. It it's was it was really pretty. Um, the story is kind of wacky. I mean, it was kind of a castle that moves. No, that's fine. It's just it's the oh, it's the it's the dubbing over for me and the corniness of it that gets me. Just watch it subtitled then, okay. in Japanese. Cool. That's why wouldn't great. you do that? Sounds great. Well, I mean, that's but, how I watch stuff now because I'm an adult. But I don't have the Japanese language version readily available to listen to. How do you not? What did you watch it on? I watched it on. It's on HBO. Do they not have the option to switch it over? Not, I bet they do. They have subtitles, but I wonder if they. I bet they do. That's crazy if they don't. Um, trying, to, yeah. Like, all the all the Studio Ghibli films, if you're interested, are available on HBO Max. All of them? Well, there was a did heck you, of a lot of them. Did you ever finish that Earthsea one? No, okay. I couldn't. Didn't yeah. like it. Yeah, I haven't watched it, but supposedly Laguine didn't like it much either, or she at least said it's not an, a good adaptation. I don't know. Didn't like it. I only made it like 20 minutes and I was like, no good. That's too bad. Yeah. But again, I don't even, I don't even know how that compares to any other Earthsea stuff. She was mad because uh, it was directed not by Hayao Miyazaki. It was directed by like his son or something. I do like that guy. So. Um, I finished um, Song of Achilles. It was really good. Yeah? Yeah. What's his boyfriend's name again? Something with a P? Petrocles. Petrocles, yeah. Okay. Uh, it was pretty good. It was kind of sad. Yeah. Well, I mean, ha- he, he is going to... It all he, happened sad real fast. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I bet. Um, there's probably a part where he gets hit in the heel and he dies. Uh, I don't think so. What? That is, that's what Achilles heel is. I don't... It doesn't say anything about a heel in there. Because I listened closely. I was like, this is the part with the heel. <laughs> this is it. This is the they part with the heel. They subverted your expectations. They did. I didn't... They tricked you. I heard nothing of a heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a pretty good book. I liked it. Very good storytelling. Um, and I've started a new book, Andrew. Oh uh, yeah. Also, I started. I scrap. I, I I got scribed. Yeah. Yeah. We're not paid by them. We are not paid by. We them. We don't need to talk about who they are too much. Um, I did find a limitation with them. It's the amount of books they audiobooks they have. Okay. Uh, I wanted to listen to Wheel of Time. They do not have it available. Is it a, like, we don't have it at all, or is it a wait list? We don't have it at all. All right, well. 
Um, so there you go. They must not have rights to certain things. You should look up if they have Harry Potter rights because I, I remember that was a big controversy at some point with them. I have Harry Potter. Don't yeah, worry. I own should, it. You should just look it up just in case, just for funsies. I'm good. I own it. Um, but I started a new book, Andrew. You're never going to guess what it is. Dune. Ugh, no. Uh, Ring World. No. Disc World. Nope. Halo. Nope. Um, you're, you're cold. You're very <laughs> cold. cold. Uh, Come back to Earth. Oh, I don't want to. Okay. Tell me what it is. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah. The original. The, the book. book. It's a little quirky. Um, it's not a very long book. You now have to read everything that Mike Flanagan has and will do. What's he going to do? Well, there's Midnight Mass. There's Turning of the Screw, which is Bly Manor. Okay. And Midnight Mass is a book. So you have to read that. Is it all by the same chick? I don't think that. No. I don't okay. think so. These are just, I don't, these are just I, books he likes. Yeah. Okay. And you have to read the comic book, Something is Killing the Children. Which uh, he is going to make a yes, thing. Yes. That's, uh, that's cool. I read the first like big arc of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you said it was good. It was quite good. Listen, the show is way different than the book. The, I'm not the, surprised. I mean, it is. The book was only taken as a as a very rough guideline. There are characters, there are no children, there are no siblings or children in this book um, that are main characters. Now the names, a lot of the names are the same, like there is an Eleanor who is Nellie um, in the show, remember Nellie? Yes. One of the twins, Nellie and Luke were the twins, there's a Luke in the in the book, they're not related in any way, shape or form. There's a Theodora, um, there is a Hugh crane but he has nothing to do with anything so it's very there are names but they have nothing to do with anything at all i don't know where he he literally came up the only things that are in common are the names of characters and hill house itself being creepy that's interesting i wonder so far so far i'm not done with it but so far i wonder how that would translate but apparently he's wanted to do Midnight Mass for a while because there are, if you watch the show uh, Haunting of Hill House and I think Bly Manor, you can see copies of the book Midnight Mass. Oh, yeah. cool. So apparently he, that's been like a passion project of his. And Hill out of the House two, still the best. Out of the two I've seen, I think Midnight Mass might be the better one. I don't think so because... I really liked it. When it came to that thing, I was like, this is not a vampire show. Yep, it was a vampire. And I was like, really? It was a good one too. Uh, it was okay. I mean, it was, the monologues kill me, man. They kill me. The monologues they, were they good go, in Hill House. They go a bit too long, yes, I think. But yes. but at the same time, it's like, this is really well acted and written and like conveys a lot of great character depth. I do it's love... quality stuff. It's just a little too long. I do love... His wife is fantastic. She plays Theodora. She plays Theo in the in Hill House. Um... Aaron, I think is her name in Aaron Green. Yeah. And she plays the lady in the lake um in Bly Manor. You know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't watched Bly Manor. Oh, you haven't? That's why I said out of the two I've seen, Midnight Mass is the best one. It's it goes Hill House, um, Midnight Mass, Bly Manor. I'm really excited to see what he does with uh, something is killing the children, because that yeah. is much as a comic book, it is much more action oriented than his shows have been for the most part. Um yeah, his, they're not very actiony. I will say that. But I, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure he'll. I, I'm. I keep imagining like how it's going to be. Like I imagine there's going to be a lot of scenes of. So you haven't read the comic, but there's monsters, uh-huh. and only children can see the monsters oh, unless so they cool. do a 
thing. And then like an adult can see monsters. So like the main character is an adult who can see the monsters and hunts them because the monsters are getting children. Here, Dreamcast so, for, I don't know anything about it. The Sega Dreamcast. Uh, no, the uh, Dreamcast for the show. I don't know what characters will be involved, but here are the characters that I love from the anthology cities done. I love the guy that plays Ukraine, the dad in the first in the first okay yeah i, I love do you do you want young, old okay young, young I was gonna ask. well even older hugh crane is good but his diversity is less good than younger hugh crane um the girl that plays his wife um the mom yeah she is so good um i love her the chi- uh mike flanagan's wife that plays theodora aaron green or aaron green yeah um she's incredible of course she's gonna have to be in it you know it's his wife um I really liked um, the actor that played Nellie. I liked Are her. Are we trying to dreamcast something is killing the children? Yeah, I want all these people to be in it. Oh, even though you don't know anything about it? Yep, yeah. Um, I, the Who, kid... There needs to be somebody younger than like Theodora to play the Erica Slaughter character, who's the main one, I think. And you're also going to have to have a kid actor. Well, I was going to say... Well, assuming they stick with it the way they are. Kid actor, the... From Bly Manor, there's a little girl in Bly Manor. Um, she was really good, I thought. Also, um, really any of the kids from Hill House, they were all pretty darn good. I could see... Um, uh, what but they're all older the, now. Who's the lady who who's the the funeral director in... Shirley Jackson. Well, yeah. Shir- Shirley. I Shirley see, Jackson's the author of, of Hill House. That's where, But that's where her <laughs> name came from, Shirley. I can see her and the girl who played Theodora, Theodora and Aaron Green uh-huh. being like people from the House of Slaughter who are like being real wanches to erica oh, but whoever that is she's the main character who is hunting uh, the monsters and she she hates her job the priest from midnight mass was so good his acting was incredible it yeah was great. the the young guy mr mr car crash guy awful awful acting <laughs> hated it terrible performance i'll disagree with you on that because you're wrong uh, he so. was he was no good. Um, but I do like um, as much as I. The reason why she was so good is because I hated her so much. Was oh Bev? Yes, hated her, and she played. Um, she played the dude's wife in in what was his name in Hill House? He was the oldest brother, and and you know the one that was writing the books. Yeah. Um, his wife in the show in that in that show. She plays Bev. She would be good as one of the wenches who is mean to Erica, actually, now that she, I think about it. She was... I hated her a lot. I hated her a lot, a lot. So, that was good. Um. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, And I could see any of those women being, like, the mom of one of the characters who their me, daughter goes me. missing. Blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. blah, 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 blah um what about you what else you got um so i so after years of caitlin yelling at me about adventure time i finally watched adventure time and, and now all of it. i have usurped her as the ultimate adventure time fan because i watched adventure all time to distant lands you have how'd you like it uh i like it a lot there's it's only four episodes but they're long and they're, they're like 45 minutes yeah so like long by adventure time standards right whereas 11 minute minutes. episodes yeah. yeah uh but yeah these are like 45 minutes average not even exact um there's four of them uh the worst one is the first one and let me tell you why and Get it over with and this is the one that caitlin would really hate lemon grab no this is one you would hate why bemo I it's don't all like about bemo. bemo very much the first one is all bemo 
Um, I think it's fine, but it is the I think it's the weakest of the group of mm-hmm. four, regardless. Mm-hmm. The second one, which is I think the best one, is called Obsidian, and it's about Marceline and Bubblegum, and kind of their relationship after things have settled down, cool. and also like looks back on their relationship before, and also Marceline before like before the events of the show and stuff i love it love that stuff there's the third one is together again which takes place after finn and jake have died because they're they they're old at this point Aww. and basically but but marceline and bubblegum are probably still around uh yeah they are like immortal yeah. weird things there's like a line in obsidian where they say something about skeletons and bubblegum's like i don't have a skeleton but that's fine <laughs> um, oh 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 bonnabelle yeah, Bonabelle Bubblegum, who is the mother of her uncles or whatever. Yeah, not weird. <laughs> that makes more sense if you've seen the show. Don't worry about Don't it. Don't worry. It's not as gross it. as I made and it sound. And her brother is a tree sucking dragon thing. Yes, her brother's weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it takes place after they've died, and Finn has died way after, Aww. and so he's trying to find Jake in the afterlife and stuff. Aww. And then there's Wizard City. Oh which, boy. So I th- I think together again is probably the second best one if i were to rate them like none of them are bad yeah uh wizard city takes place i guess shortly after the events of the show because it follows uh peppermint butler after he's been hit with the dum dum juice or whatever and so he's like he's just he's not peppermint butler the 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 necromancer yeah yeah, thing but he's like basically like a little kid goes to wizard city he's gonna go to a wizard school to learn try and learn the dark arts or whatever he goes right back to it man he's trying to oh so uh watch all those if you like adventure time it's not required viewing but it's all good supplementary I do need material a, i do i've you know i realized i'd watched basically up until that i have but it's been so long and then i need to go back yeah you should because uh, i don't remember hardly any of it but i remember the things like with her uncle and that was like one of the last things in the yeah that's like the that's the ending arc of the show yeah so i did watch all that um but john has not gotten to it yet so we need to finish that and then you can watch distant lands yeah on hbo right hbo max that's right those are i believe exclusive to hbo max they're not on the hulu or anything like that because they were made for HBO. hbo cool um i've been playing the game i bought for black friday spider-man miles morales it looks really cool it's i mean if you've played the other spider-man it's exactly the same except your miles morales Haven't. has a good story love miles morales um, by the way. peter parker is like i gotta go to i'm going to europe speaking so of you're which, in charge have you seen the new trailer for the new spider-man i haven't <gasps> you haven't or wait oh for no way home yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. i thought you were gonna say spider-verse i was like no have <gasps> they done that i would be super stoked about that i know they're making ba- one basically um the trailer is spider-verse the new trailer is spider-verse for no kind, way home yeah <laughs> yeah they there, definitely took that idea and ran with it yeah there's um so you can u- unlock a bunch of suits in there and one of them is the spider-verse suit cool and one of the powers the black one yeah cool. one, there's like several black ones in the game but uh, yeah you get the spider-verse one specifically the one that My- miles uh spray painted on yes yeah. it has like yeah cool exactly and uh but one of the uh things you can put onto the suit you can do it to any of the other suits is it makes it to where the frame rate is all messed up, like in Spider-Verse. Cool. But it only affects your character, the Spider-Man. So everything else around you is normal. And then you just have this one person moving like some sort of interdimensional being or something like with this bizarre frame rate that's wrong. It like hurt my brain to look at. Ugh, weird. <laughs> but the best suit in the game yeah. is the one. Um, so if you play the game, you do activities 
do the one where you help a guy find his cat first because then you're going to get a mission called Cat's Pajamas and you're going to complete this mission. And it's the easiest mission. You go to the bodega, you talk to the guy and he says, here you go. Uh, The suit is, you now have a backpack and in that backpack is a cat who is named Spider-Man and has a Spider-Man mask. It's so cool. And so you're just running around the city and there he is, Spider-Man, the cat in a backpack, just sticking his head out. out. He's just hanging out. Yeah, he can't get hurt. Yeah. It's unrealistic because there's parts where like you roll forward and clearly you'd be squishing the cat. But it's like, it's a video game. Don't worry about it's it. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. Spider-Man it's, the cat is fine. It's an adorable cat. Don't worry about it. He is adorable. So. Or she. Whoever. It's called Spider-Man. It's the name of the cat. Who cares? You can have. A, there's a spider woman. You could just name spider woman. But what if I wanted my female cat to be named Spider-Man? I mean, I guess you can do whatever. What are they going to do? Stop you? Exactly. There's no law against it. Exactly. But yeah, that game is exactly the same as the other one, basically, but shorter, I guess. But I'm gonna hit the, I'm gonna get the platinum on that probably. Or you finish everything, basically. Yeah, I've I've completed the story. I'm doing mop up of all the stuff, and then I have to play through the story again to get the final trophy. But that'll be easy. Mm. But I'll get there. Um, yeah. Why don't you go for a second? Um, oh, just life update. That's all. That's okay. All I left. Um, I have my surgery a month from today. I had my surgery. Uh, what is that called? Consultation, I guess, today. I hope you would know. You're the person who works in the medical it was, field. It was a consult. It was a surgical consultation. and <laughs> It's like that ca- the family guy bit where it's like, <laughs> we stopped going to that doctor. <laughs> He's like, hmm, looks like you got canker. <laughs> of cancer. So I was like, that, that's I, me. I need you to know things. I am the nurse. Um yeah, so I haven't really thought about my surgery until I was is in my face today. And I was like, it's a month from today and I'm having part of me cut out. So that's kind of weird. So, yeah. Um, but I we timed it. I looked at the schedule and I still think we can get episodes out pretty well on time with everything. Hopefully. We just have to move a little quicker than normal, I think. At least for some of these. Well, one will have. Yeah, yeah. We'll get them out on time to you guys. Ideally. Yeah, that's that's We're, probably maybe. That's the plan. That's it could okay. change. That's a good way to say it. Probably maybe. We are not going to make a promise no. because we've broken too many yeah. <laughs> if we had. It's a plan, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. Um, and we may not go to Scotland now. Omicron's a thing. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. You know. We'll see. I'm going to feel I've bad. Been, I'm gonna I've feel only been bad. planning for this for two and a half years. I'm going to feel bad because every time you said something about going to Scotland, I'm like, maybe. Maybe yeah. you will. Was, know, we'll see. Your, and, but for real, I literally, in the back of my mind, I was like, Surely it won't happen again. Surely COVID will will calm down. Nothing will be good ever again, Caitlin. You're just going to have to get used to that. I, yep. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Um. So, but John and I are all boosted up and I don't know. We'll do whatever we have to do, I guess. But if they tell me, because right now the rules are you have to get a PCR test, which is the one that takes a while, like a few days, can take a few days. You have to get a PCR test 48 out within 48 hours of entering the country and you have to self-quarantine until you get the results from that test back i'm not gonna spend seven days in scotland and quarantine and then come home so i don't know what we're gonna do we'll figure it out i'm not the travel company another place the travel company is the travel company and they can figure it out um we both watched arcane yes and i was gonna say that till last are you done i'm done okay well first of all let me shout out a couple of indie games i've played um first of all super hot super hot it is 
a very cool action game. German game. No. The way you said that. Super hot. Super hot. Every time you complete a level, it goes super hot. Hot. Super hot. Hot. And um, basically, time moves very, 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 very slowly when you're not moving. And then when you start moving, it moves in regular speed. And you have to fight these guys. And it's just a really cool concept and really fun game Mm -hmm. where you just like a lot of... uh, a lot of times where you go, oh, no, I'm about to mess up, aren't I? So you just stop moving for a second. You're like, okay, let me see if I can plan this for like half a second while this is moving really slowly. And then you jump out of the way or whatever. Uh, another one is another super game. It's called Super Liminal. And it is a puzzle game. It reminds me a lot of Portal. And I think that's on mm-hmm. purpose mm-hmm. as far as like the presentation. Uh, but it's about like perspective. So basically... Uh, You'd need to see the trailer, I feel like, to really understand what I'm going to try and get across here. Mm-hmm. But basically, you know how, you know, like force perspective, like mm-hmm. stuff where it's mm-hmm. like, this looks like it's really small, but it's actually real big. I've seen Lord of the Rings. Exactly. You've seen Lord of the Rings. Or like, have you ever been to like, I don't know, Ripley's Believe It or Not? No. The Okay. I'm trying to think. You know, like how sometimes they'll be like, look, it looks like a room. And then you walk up closer to it and it's like, actually, it's just painted to look like it's a hallway. And then you turn to the side and oh my gosh, it's all just a bunch of lines. Yes. They do a lot of that in Superliminal. Mm-hmm. And they do that because it it is all about um, perspective. And you can make objects bigger or smaller based on your perspective of what you're looking at. So Weird. You can be like, this is like a normal can. And you pick it up. And then if you back up and have it positioned in such a way, like it'll you'll let it go. You hit the button to let go, and suddenly it's a big old can because your perspective is like it was close to your face, so it looks like it's bigger. Mm-hmm. And so there's like a lot of that. I feel like my explanation is not good. I got it though. But yeah, you should watch like a trailer of Superliminal just to see like go like oh that chess piece is real big now. That's crazy. That's neat. Okay. Um. And then I watched the live action Cowboy Bebop. It's embarrassingly Mm, bad. mm -hmm. It looks cheap and garbage. Uh, The character of Faye Valentine is insufferable. I do not care about her past at all. I care about the anime version's past. This version, I would be happier if she got shot in the head like all the other characters do all the time in that show. She is terrible. They're so sweet. Uh, There's a dumb twist at the end where Julia takes over the syndicate and it's dumb. Ah, Julia. It makes no sense. Uh... The dialogue is it is cringeworthy mm-hmm. and not on purpose. It's mm-hmm. not like The Office or something. Uh, there's a there's a scene I've seen on Twitter a billion times where it is this woman mm-hmm. and she is talking to a man named Jet. Jet is a black man and he says something like, this sounds like blackmail. And she says, oh, Jet, it is because you're black and you're a male. Ooh. That's a real line in that show. Cringy. It's real bad. Uh, welcome dislike. to the ouch mother effers that's another one <laughs> dislike but yeah that show's bad and not even just like uh this isn't like the anime enough it's it's like it's just properly bad I, I just thought like in my brain i was like okay if i were just watching this it's like this looks cheap their costumes are bad the dialogue is bad these characters are bad bad show and i wish them nothing but pain vicious the character of vicious is especially bad i i cannot convey how bad of an actor he is or b- how bad the direction is he he like makes these over-the-top facial expressions all the time that would make wrestlers think like dude you need to tone it down mm-hmm. whereas in wrestling you're always like you gotta do big bold emotions because you're playing to a crowd yeah you don't have to do that in a television show 
and he always does like there's like a couple of scenes where he does this this face where he's like making an obnoxious frowny face he's like supposed to be conveying like anger he's like and he's that his eyes are like bugging out and stuff and i can't do that because my eyes can't bug out the way this guy does and he has like a big weird face and stuff Dislike. it's embarrassing it's terrible how'd you make it through it i was just doing other stuff while i was watching it <laughs> it's like i'm gonna fold i'm gonna finally do my laundry and there fold the go. clothes there while i go. kind of watch the show there you go that's part of how i did john cho seems like he's too good for this oh, okay yeah he's in it but he he should he deserves better he deserves better everybody else i'm not so sure mm-hmm. <laughs> that guy who plays vicious is real bad oh by the way it's gonna be 70 degrees tomorrow in case you want that's know. obnoxious and 74 on friday that's annoying i i don't like that okay sorry go ahead but um so i guess arcane we both saw that <gasps> yes uh, first of all, this show is very anime, so Caitlin loves anime now. When I was watching it, I was like, this does seem kind of anime, but it had a better story. Every single fight scene is straight up anime, especially. I love the fight scenes with the music. There's it was awesome. A, there's a part, and I sent you a video of this. There's a part where one of the characters has like these special fists. Yes. And they punch with these big old fists, these big like steampunky fists. Yes. It was and very after, steampunk. I thought after, this was very steampunk. After they punch... It then does like something and it like goes like and does like an extra punch. Yes. And I was like, Caitlin, that's straight up the punch from Big O. That's I sent you a video. There's a part in Big O. And it happens like every episode. He punches somebody and then it does an extra punch on the punch and it kills the other robot. So cool. It is very cool. Um, so it's anime. There's a part where Vi comes flying in out of nowhere and hits somebody with a knee strike. And I was like, I've seen that in anime a thousand times. That's straight up Kaneda on hitting that dude on that bike with his knee. Or also a V-trigger, Kenny Omega style from wrestling. Whichever one you choose. I choose neither. You have to choose. I choose Arcane. <laughs> it's anime. It was so good. Like, we were watching it. And like, okay, so if any Arcane, it's a show on Netflix. It's really good. It's um, based, it's in the League of Legends universe. Which and League you of don't Legends, need to know anything nothing, about it because I literally knew. Nothing. All I knew was the music video with Jinx in it, which is how I knew. I was like, that's obviously Jinx. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, I know nothing. I, I'm, I thought it, so to me, it's like, it's like an online like battle arena type kind of multiplayer battle arena type Multiplayer game. online battle arena, aka MOBA. Yes. That's the official title. Well, there you go. Exactly Games like that. League of Legends. Yes. Heroes of the Storm. Don't know that. Dota. But League of Legends. So all I knew from it was watching my friends play in college. Um, and I was like, I didn't even know this game had any lore. Well, it didn't really, but now it does. Um, yeah, it, there was like little bits of lore, yes. but not like a real story. Well, this is really good. It's a great storyline. The characters are awesome. The music is awesome. The animation is incredible. The fight scenes were just totally stellar i mean it was so good yeah Uh, even if you're like this story's not as good as people are saying like the animation and fighting and and direction is all good enough to at least give it a look yes yes it was i it was great i loved it i was big fan of the show me and john were both like this is awesome this is really good especially the last like few episodes were just really cool really cool so big fan of arcane check it out on netflix I liked it. I, I do wonder. There's a part. 
I asked you if you'd ever seen Venture Brothers when I was watching it. No. Um, so there's a part where these characters are like, this is Hextech technology. And yes. And look how sick and badass it is. And this one guy, and like when I'm th- watching it, because he's like, look at, we can do this mm-hmm. and we can do that. Mm-hmm. All these we can do we can mine better whatever all these mm-hmm. nice things and my first thought was like these are obviously weapons, weapons from the game weapons. and it just made me think of venture brothers i think it's the first episode mm-hmm. where they go to like a science convention and dr venture's like basically got a death ray and they're like that's obviously a death ray like what are you doing he's like i mean i guess if you really think if you really put your mind to it you could make it a death ray but it's not it's not it's not meant to be a death ray but it's so clearly a death ray mm-hmm. and that's what i was thinking while i was watching that and then like the little guy heimerdinger or whatever he's like yeah hmm you should make those safer anyway yeah you guys suck yeah uh maybe not maybe let's hold back on this because oh. uh that's gonna kill somebody <laughs> yeah i was just like okay this guy knows he's he, he, he saw venture brother <laughs> he, he knows what's up uh yeah it was great loved it i highly recommend it it was awesome the only bad thing is um a lot of imagine dragons is in it yes that is literally when it when the when it first came on the introduction song i turned it on and i was like is this imagine dragons and he was like i think so and then when the second one came on we had the subtitles on and it said whatever the theme song is it said by An- imagine enemy, dragons i think by Magic Dragons. I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, like this show is great except for the intro, which I always skip. Yes, me too. It's the opposite of Cowboy Bebop live action where I always watch the intro and kind of didn't pay attention to the rest of it or just didn't <laughs> want to. Like the intro is great because they use the anime song, right. which is called Tank. And um, they basically like recreated the anime's visuals for the intro but with live action which Mm -hmm. is kind of which is kind of neat but you know the rest of the show sucks but we're not that's cowboy bebop arcane good arcane arcane theme song not good cowboy bebop's music is better than arcane's i can tell you that (sighs) see i liked arcane's because i thought it was like in the fight scenes it was like the right energy it was like the perfect energy sure i like the part i showed you the music video today yeah jinx's music video. jinx's music video when she was introduced as a character which is in like 2014 or 13 this is like seven years ago it was pretty cool yeah it's it a neat little music video that the same company put together front t-shirt whatever they're called it looks very similar to you can tell this yeah. was the like same company obviously the animation isn't as good in 2014 but it's clearly the same universe and the same concept yeah and but my favorite part was there's a scene in arcane where jinx is in her room and the song that is playing is that song from that music video where it's like whatever let get jinxed or whatever it says yeah that song is literally playing within the world of arcane it is not it's not the soundtrack it is she is listening to a record yeah she has a record player playing her theme song. That's so funny. From the video game thing. It probably doesn't even play in the video game because it's a MOBA. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, I don't even know what to think about this right now. Yeah. This has broken me in yeah. a way. Yeah, it was, it was, it was great. It was real good. Highly recommend. There's a, I won't spoil it, but there's a bit of a plot contrivance at the end that I was telling you about mm-hmm. off air yeah. that I found very frustrating. It was definitely, uh, what is that called when they do something to make it? Ha- uh, because the Deus plot. Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. It was kind of that. And were they forced I, something to happen so that, but they could have made it happen somewhere I think, else. I think plot contrivance is maybe what yeah, works in yeah. this specific situation rather than Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Deus Ex Machina is like, um, it's oh no, we're about to. For convenience's sake. They we're about something. to lose and then something then happens. Captain America comes in. Out of nowhere. Yeah. 
Saves you from the Nazis. It, mean, it means uh, got out of machine or something like that. But Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Still practicing that one. <laughs> Still practicing the usage when, of when the word Rome, you learned. When in Rome. You only know you only learn if you try. Um yeah. Um uh, I, I think I think that's about it for me. Yeah, probably probably me too. I'm trying to see here. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really do much of anything else, I Mm-mm. guess. Yeah. Um Miles Morales, that cat suit is real good. Mm-hmm. I'll post pictures it was really maybe. Cute. It was real cute. Yeah, I couldn't believe I was like why would anybody use anything else in this game? It's real cute. Because like, there's upgrades on the suits that are like, you get extra powers or whatever, but you can use them on any of the suits. You just unlock it by getting the suit. Oh, gotcha. So I was like, yeah, I'm oh, just going to add those to the forever. cat suit. Yeah. Just, yep. Why would I use anything else? You shouldn't. If I were a monster. Yeah. I think that's about it. That's all I got. Sounds good. Okay. Um, I got to go get that platinum trophy. Well, I'm really happy for you. This I'm gonna try to. I gotta get a hundred hit combo on there, uh-huh. which I did on the original, the old Spider-Man, the other Spider-Man game, because that's part of the, that's one of the trophies on there too. So we'll see how that goes. Well, I wish you the best of luck, sir. Thanks. I might need it. Oh, we we shall see. Okay. But well, until in the time, uh, until then, uh, guys, thanks so much for stopping by. This has been Paint the Town Dead. Um, you can catch us on Instagram at Paint the Town Dead. You can catch us on Facebook at, wait, I messed all up. Catch us on Facebook, Paint the Town Dead. Catch us on Instagram, Paint the Town Dead, all one word. Catch us on Twitter at PTTDpod. And you can email us at PTTDpod at gmail.com. We have a TikTok that we've done nothing with. You can follow us on there. Maybe one day we'll get around to posting it. We're too old for TikTok. We, uh, TikTok posting, TikTok scrolling, pro, I'm a pro. Uh, but yeah, TikTok posting less of a pro. Um, guys, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you for listening. We hope you had a happy and safe holiday. Um, and listen, I just want to say all you ladies out there, y'all just be like Maude Crawford. She was a smart, strong, independent woman who did her own thing and was just like a total, total boss. So, um, Anyways, she's like my new icon. Mine is still, I don't know. What? Something hilarious. Okay. Pretend I said a funny joke. Ah, okay, guys. Thanks so much for stopping by. We will catch you next time. Uh, have a great few weeks until then. Okay, goodbye. Bye.